Welcome to the Sean Morgan Report. I'm your host, Sean Morgan, and we are here with Jim Cutler from etherealc.com. And we're here every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern for AmericanMediaPeriscope.net. And I want to do a special thanks to our sponsor, SovereignAdvisors.net, where you can get your precious metals, your physical silver and gold, convert your IRA, your retirement account to the real stuff. Gold is near all-time highs. Has it reached its peak? Did you miss the boat? No, I don't think so. The exploding debt, change in the interest rate cycle, political and economic turmoil have caused the current move in gold. And those things are getting worse. In fact, Citibank projected gold to hit $3,000 an ounce over the next 12 to 18 months. I encourage you to protect and grow your investment portfolio with gold. I trust Dr. Kirk Elliott with Sovereign Advisors. With over 25 years of experience and two PhDs, Kirk Elliott is the best of the best in the industry. Call his office at 720-605-3900 and tell him Sean Morgan sent you, or just click on the link in the description to get that free consultation. And so, Jim, how are you doing today? Uh, doing very well. Um, uh, uh, as you know, I've finally um, fixed my communication system on board uh, Ethereal here. Uh, my antennas, which are everything to the system, uh, were getting um, the crap beat out of them from my jib when I was out tacking in high winds, and they just got destroyed, so I had to get new antennas, but I've put them quite a bit higher up on the mast now, so I think they're going to be okay. So I've been very busy doing that. I'm in a beautiful little marina here on the east coast, uh, Vero Beach, and um, uh, starting to now make my way back north. So I'm I'm starting uh, heading north. I'll be in uh, St. Augustine and then um, Beaufort, North Carolina. And then I make the big leap from Beaufort to um, Cape Cod Canal. So that's my, that's my big push. Nice. Well, not a lot of people have a studio set up on a sailboat. So that's, that makes our show a little bit unique. It really does. I, I get a kick out of it, to be honest with you, uh, to be able to do this work with the quality level that we have uh, really is fun and exciting. And of course, allows me to do what I do very easily. So uh, not a small thing at all. Well, you spend your time, you know, sailing the seas and doing a lot of research. You know, uh, both you and I are Part of the uh, you know QAnon research community, uh, Make America Great Again community, which has really been an interesting thing uh, since Trump supposedly lost, because Trump and his team have gone kind of gone into hiding, gone into kind of clandestine uh, you know kind of activity. Uh, Trump just made a speech. At, uh, CPAC, and then he was on Maria last week, but he's not really right. putting out any anything significant, like about his future plans, or you know, he's just basically keeping his thumb on the Republican Party and saying, just sending a reminder to everyone, hey, I still control this whole Republican Party, I still determine <laughs> and endorse all the candidates, yes, <laughs> you know. So he's keeping that going. His surprisingly, his approval rate is still very high. He still has the support of the, the Republican base. Um, so he's sitting pretty, basically. And um, and a lot of, you know, we've got this HBO QAnon documentary coming out, which 
is a total propaganda uh, hit piece that's six hours long and it's just going to be a big waste of time. So, um, you know, that's interesting. Look who's on it. We've got Liz Crokin and uh, Code Monkey are going to be in that. So the yeah. question is, how are they going to play their roles? Because you, I think you and I would both agree that that they're uh, pretty safe people um, as long-term stalwart soldiers in this fight. Uh, I'm going to be very curious to see. They're probably just going to cut their scenes out completely because I don't think they're going to. It'll be very just wake people up. Liz Crokin speaks very eloquently about child sex trafficking, and she has all mm -hmm. the facts as a journalist. So, mm -hmm. right, um, that, that's just going to wake people up and make them more curious. Like, hey, maybe there's more to this whole Jeffrey Epstein child sex trafficking ring. Um, that yeah. the royal family and the who's who, the political and Hollywood elites are, are involved with. Um, so there are a couple, a couple things I want to discuss today. One of them is, is vaccines, you know, because, um, this vaccine rollout is accelerating in the United States and millions and millions of people are taking the vaccines all the time. You have the deep state basically doing this narrative that even though you're going to take a vaccine, you still can transmit the disease. It's not going to really protect you 100%. Uh, you, you know, the, basically, you need to still be afraid. If, even if you take the vaccine, okay. even if everybody takes the vaccine, we can never, ever go back to the normal ways of handshakes, hugs, and kisses, and keeping our business open and having a normal life. So whereas Trump, when he's doing his narrative, he's saying basically, the vaccines are the greatest thing ever. They're miracles. They're gifts from God. They're going to save the world. And basically, once you have the vaccine, you never have to worry again, which is right. a different narrative, right? Very different. Yeah. So so you've got a, a group of people in the Republican base who they're basically, they don't understand. And I'm one of them. You know, they don't understand why is Trump pro-vaccine? Pro this doesn't make any sense. Trump, you know, he was tweeting anti-vaccine things. He was in the debates for the Republican nomination and he was going against the vaccine narrative. But then he did Operation Warp Speed. He gave the big pharma billions of dollars. So what are your thoughts on, you know, Trump, is he pro-vaccine? Is he anti-vaccine? Is there something deeper going on? What are your thoughts? Well, I, my thoughts, um, like you, uh, this came as, um, this. We, I had to work at this. I had to take what I was hearing and really sit down and think very hard, very critical. And this is where um, reading Q drops and, and understanding how Q communicates has been extremely valuable to people like us, because it really helped me take that big step back and go, okay, what is really happening here? Why is he using this kind of rhetoric uh, now? What does that mean? And my takeaway now is, and this is I'm an evolving process with this, but I think what you just said a minute ago about Trump is always remaining positive. That's the light you know, he is of the light. And so when he talks to people, regardless of what kind of rhetoric he's using or what the point is, it's always going to be on the positive. All right. Now he does denigrate the press. He does talk about our enemy of the people and things like that. 
but he's always positive with his audience, always. And so when you look at the the dark side, they're the opposite. They're always negative. They're always putting you into fear. They're always talking and <laughs> the hateful things that tr- that they say about Trump and the hateful things that they say about other people talking about the citizens of this country. They're going to take a whole group and just denigrate the crap out of them and really mi- try to get you to hate them uh, because they hate them. You see, it's that. so these are polar opposites. So that's the first thing, that you will never see Trump and his people talk in negative terms the way the deep state talks in negative terms. The vaccine, now we get to the second thing, which is what exactly is he saying? And to my read of it now is that He's always going to say it the same way. He's not going to deviate from talking about the vaccines being great things because that's he's talking about us and what we're doing. There is a cancer, a virus cancer in an this invisible world. invisible enemy. An invisible enemy. And we are the cure to, to eradicate that parasitic thing that is this sick, pedophilic, um, non-empathic, non-empathic people, uh, darkness that pervades our world. So he's telling the truth, but he's, that's what he's saying on that. Then you come to the third thing, which is the battle of the narratives. And so the deep state, they want you to be in fear. They want you to understand that even if you take the vaccine, you're still going to have to wear 15 masks and all that crap. Whereas Trump is like, the vaccine's here. I made it happen. You don't have to worry anymore. We're, we're all good. You know, you don't have to wear a mask. Six, everything's fabulous now. And that's what people need to hear. They need to listen to what people like Fauci are saying and go, you know, that don't ring true. And and if you listen to Rand Paul interrogate Dr. Fauci in the Senate or in the House, you'll see exactly that happening. He's telling Dr. Fauci, well, if if they have the vaccine, uh, then they don't need to wear a mask. And oh, no, no, he's trying to argue that they do have to wear the mask. But it comes across as being like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the, and, the, the science is, isn't hard enough. No, absolutely not. So he's he's causing um, people like Fauci to get bollocked up in their own rhetoric, where then people, and again, remember, this is all about getting the people to see for themselves what these people like Fauci are actually doing. And they're going to do that now. They're going to see this and go, yeah, you know, I I don't trust that. Even if they're fence sitters, they're going to say, I don't trust it. Even if they're former Democrats, they're going to say, you know, I don't trust the guy anymore. He's lost me. And that's the whole bottom line. Yeah. And it's, it's quite an art of war tactic to, to say, I'm responsible for the vaccines. So uh, if you're pushing vaccines, you're basically pushing Trumpism. So now when Biden says, okay, we're rolling out vaccines, people are always thinking to themselves that that's actually Trump who, who did that. Trump right. deserves the credit. So, so there's this right. cognitive dissonance, like 
Should I take the vaccine? Wait a minute. It's actually Trump who's responsible and I don't like Trump. So maybe I don't want to take the vaccine. So, so that's very confusing to, to people to wrap their head around. Like if, if, you know, which side they're on and and what they believe about it. And the third option of course is maybe I'll wait and I won't take the vaccine now and I'll just take a wait and see attitude and see what happens. And I'm willing to bet you that people on the Trump side are gonna do exactly that. They may be okay with vaccines, but there's enough controversy about this one that they're gonna be more reticent to take it. Whereas Democrats and- uh, according to the numbers, the maximum number of Americans who will take the vaccine is 70%. So we've got 30% of the country who will just never take this vaccine. Right. Um, yep. So that's, I don't know if you consider that encouraging or not. I think it's probably better than it than it would have been if uh, this was actually a real. Well, and, uh, and just think that. what little it would take to push a lot of that 70% uh off of that agenda, you know, it wouldn't yeah. take much to convince people, oh, you know, okay, now I'm really going to wait because One I just read this or, yeah, yeah. So, so that's, it's a pretty fragile 70%, I would have to say. Well, you know, it's happening, you know, uh, millions of people are getting it. So, so, you know, this is something that I think is important to, to think about in the, in the coming months, because this is a crucial time of, uh, basically the saturation uh, of the uh, vaccine acceptance. So yep. hopefully, perhaps in the next couple of months, there will be some kind of declassification uh, that wakes people up about vaccines. Um, so let's let's switch over to this idea of um, the different layers of communication that Trump and his two sons, uh, and other people in the America First movement have, because you know Trump supposedly lost, and yet you don't see that kind of attitude in the body language, in the words, anything. It's interesting because you have a lot of the uh, Republican base who feels very defeated, very depressed, very sad. Um, very lost, like they're not anchored because they don't have any plan uh, moving forward. And yet uh, these people like Trump and his sons uh, seem to have this this sense of everything's good, everything's great, everything's going in plan. <laughs> just wait until you yeah. see what, what's coming next. Right. Well, when you see people like that, when they have that kind of body language, your instinct is to think, uh, what do they know? What do they know that I don't know that it could make them be so happy-go-lucky right now when I feel like dirt? And this is the big question. And it's really not a question. It's really um, what you've done, the work that you've done to understand what's going on. And again, when we talk about um, conservatives and Trump supporters who are very depressed right now, that depression doesn't come from what they think is going on. It's coming from ignorance. And I don't wanna use it, I am not using that as a pejorative term. It's not a pejorative term, but it does show that they don't know something. It's like, what do they know that I don't know? Well, that could be a lot. 
Right. And you <laughs> might just as well get up and start looking and try to figure that out because believe you me, you want to know that because you want to climb out of that doldrum and start living yeah. this happy moment in history, which is going to be something to tell your grandkids. Trump so, is out there telegraphing, uh, not just telegraphing, he's actually saying it explicitly. We're going to win the House. We're going to win the Senate and we're going to win the presidency. And uh, and so it does make you wonder, what does he know that makes him believe in, and able to say that with a straight right. face or with a optimistic well, here's, attitude? Here's one thing. I'm going to throw this out um, uh, with some very serious confidence. Does anybody within the sound of our voices think for one second that our people are going to allow the Dominion debacle to happen in 2022? Oh, no way. There's, there's going to be a, ma a mass um, civil action um, of people not participating or protesting or whatever. This is something the American people will never, ever, ever let go of until it's fixed. Well, when you look at 2016, Trump won in 2016 because he had their people, military code breakers, undo the hacking that Hillary and her clowns did with those Dominion servers. They just undid them and ensured that he won in 2016. In 2020, they let them have their way because it fit their purpose. Oh, you want to be president? Go ahead. And now we're going to we're going to tape everything. We're going to record everything. We have it all. And we do have it all. Now, two things have happened. One, Trump is talking to every Republican candidate and then some and saying, "Here's the game plan, boys and girls. You tell me how you're going to get on board with our game plan and I'll see if I'm going to support you. So yeah. that's huge because they know that they're going to have a hard time winning without his endorsement. Yeah, so, exactly. He, he, he right. like I said before, he controls the Republican party and he's probably yep. digging in even deeper to, for his, um, to maximize his control of that. Um right. So, so another person that is at the forefront of the America First movement is uh, General Mike Flynn. Mm -hmm. And you had an interesting thing uh, that you said about this transition from Trump losing to Trump being quiet. It seemed like it was like a tag team kind of play where he just tagged General Flynn and Flynn took the reins of the America First movement and has been very vocal ever since. So what do you have to say about Flynn's attitude and words since uh, this supposed defeat? When you look at every one of these people, whether it's Flynn, um, Mike Lindell, uh, Lynn Wood, um, uh, you know, the boys, um, Eric and, and um, uh, Don Jr., they all have that same attitude. They're all talking to their audiences like everything's in control, everybody's chill, and we're all moving forward and everything is going to plan. And the thing and about going Flynn, to win. 
and we're going to win without question. And there's no question about it in their voice whatsoever. But what was interesting about Flynn is that when Trump was in the office, Flynn was very quiet. He was there. You knew he was there. And of course, the whole, you know, thing about him uh, being prevented from going public uh, because of the um, court case, uh, that also kept him quiet. But the second that Trump left the Oval Office, he exploded onto the stage. And suddenly, Michael Flynn is everywhere. Michael Flynn is, is more visible than he's ever been before, carrying that same message. And now with, with General Flynn, he brings that additional message of passion and compassion and spirituality and righteousness. And he uses all of those words to talk about hope and to, you know, stay the course and to um, keep the faith, hold the line, keep the faith. And remember that look at what the white hats are doing. They're working with um, their spirituality, with their belief in God and with how they treat their fellow human beings. Whereas you look at the other side, they're removing God from everything. They're removing God from schools. They're removing God from, from um, media, you know, politics, from media, everything, because they don't want, they want to be God. That's the whole fight between dark and uh, good and evil right now is that some human beings feel that they can play that role. We don't need God here. We'll be your God and you can bow down and you can worship us. And so they don't want to give that up. That's a pretty heady thing to ascribe to. Uh, so that's that's the big fundamental uh, opposition here is that those that want to play God and those who understand God to be something far larger and unfathomable. And we need to always keep that God in, in our hearts and at the table. So, um, you know, that's a very important role. And Michael Flynn could not be the more perfect individual to play that role. And he's, in my opinion, he's doing a, a fantastic job of it. And we're going to see a lot more of him. Uh, yeah, many people other, are speculating he could become the future VP. He could. Um, you know, without question, he could easily become the future VP. That's the thing. When you look at some of these people, you can look at any one of them go, they would all be great compared to what we've had to deal with in the past. <laughs> My God, head and shoulders above them all. Uh, but, you know, there's a plan and whatever that plan is, um, it's going to come to fruition exactly as it's been laid out. And I, I, for one, am just, you know, too excited for words to see what exactly that's going to be. But uh, I understand there's a new paint job for Air Force One. <laughs> Just a little little hint. <laughs> well, maybe you can tell us about that and tell me about the CGI anomalies that you've been seeing. Well, so this whole process, um, first of all, the White House is dark. I, I would encourage anyone in the Washington DC area to uh, spend some time observing the White House, especially if there's an event on TV. So if you know there's gonna be an event at the White House on television, then 
get yourself set up and turn the TV on, watch the TV and look at the White House because you're not going to see whatever you're seeing on the TV will not be occurring at the White House. And people have already done this. We've already seen the the uh, uh, effects and the, the results of those. So we know that, that that to be the case. So the CGI problem is that, and for those who don't have a handle on what CGI is, it is a way of, of um, creating artificial imagery on a medium like television. If you know anything about word processing like Photoshop or Adobe, you can make a document and you have layers. And so you can do all this writing on one layer and then put all these pictures, make that a separate layer, and then you can remove the layers and, and make the document be exactly what you want. This is the exact same thing with video. You have layers. So you'll take a background shot, that's layer one. Then you'll take a shot of reporters in the foreground with their backs toward you, that's layer two. Then you have a third shot, a video of Joe Biden walking toward you, but in a green screen room, and that's layer number three. And there are many, many other layers beside. Now, when you have one layer interacting with another layer, you have to be very careful because they're, they're called layers for a reason. So if a foreground layer always needs to be in front of a background layer, okay? If a background layer appears to be in front of a foreground layer, it ain't gonna look right and it's gonna prove it's CGI. So that's what happened when in this particular situation where Biden was walking toward the reporters and they're asking him questions about, are you going to go to the border? Are you going to go to the border and, and see what's going on down there? And Biden made some offhand comment. Yeah, you know, I, I, I may go down. And as he's talking to the reporter, he lifted his hand up. And he's now, the reporters are, are way in front of him. He's way on the other side of the reporters. He lifts his hand up and it goes in front of their microphone. So that's not possible. And that's, that's the thing you look for in CGI screw-ups because those layer overlays will show them, will give them away, all right? The other thing I wanted to point out, same setup, is Marine One, that's the big helicopter that they use, is right there on the lawn. And when Biden finishes asking, answering the question from the reporter, he turns and walks toward Marine One and gets on Marine One. The problem is Marine One is not rotating. The, the aircraft is not on, the, the blades are not spinning. You don't see that. When a president is getting on Marine One, it is always running, always, because they don't want a president to be getting into one of those machines and and have something happen and the machine is incapable of flying. So that's just military protocol. And so it was proof that Biden was walking toward a, a stock video of Marine One sitting on the White House lawn, obviously not running because it's it was not running when they took the video. So um, these are just you know all little things that once you understand them, you'll see they'll pop out at you. 
like crazy. Yeah. Ever since but, Trump you know, supposedly lost, uh, there have been so many anomalies yeah. uh, that that make you question things. And, and for those of you who have never seen the movie Wag the Dog, uh, yeah. it's all it's all about how the fake news media uh, can use special effects to create an artificial reality and basically brainwash the public to believe something that's totally fake. And uh, it's interesting that Trump has a background in reality TV and, and creating an artificial yes. <laughs> reality. Um, uh-huh. So, so you know, we need to pay attention to the details right now and yes. um, maybe right. not take everything at face value. Um, I still think we're kind of in a, in a holding period right now. You know, there's, uh, there's not a lot of... Uh, communication from from the trump side about like telegraphing their future plans or anything like that so it is kind of a wait and see but there's there's a there's a consensus at least people in the community that i uh pay attention to with the q supporters and everything is the idea is we are not going to wait until 2024 you know this is that's not an option it's not what we believe is going to happen uh so um you know, this, this wait and see thing, it's, uh, we're talking about a short period of time. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so a yeah. lot of people are like, Absolutely. Hey, the whole Q thing is just to pacify people and make them think that there's a plan when there isn't a plan and, uh, and, and make the Patriots pacified so that they can take our guns and take over the country. But I really don't see some kind of aggressively, uh, an aggressive rollout of a deep state agenda. I don't see them taking our guns. I don't see mandatory vaccines. I'm not seeing that stuff happen. And so I'm not afraid. Uh, you know, I, I actually have quite a lot of uh, faith and belief in Trump and the military. And so I'm just going to keep on paying attention to the details. I'm going to keep on advocating for people to change their communities with, you know, the bottoms up kind of uh, you know, participation that makes our democracy and republic so great. Uh, but uh, I think there's just a lot more uh, in store, a lot more up their sleeves that's going to be yep. going to be released very soon. Um, I'm paying very close attention in, in April. You know, this is not something that I think we're going to have to wait a really, really long time for, um, because it is it is a uh, it's a liability to, to wait to wait a long time. You lose you lose support, you lose uh, advantage and everything. So I think this is something that is going to happen soon. Uh, we'll we'll just have to see. Um, any any final thoughts on anything that we discussed today that you want to uh, emphasize? Um, the the really the most important thing right now to me is having a positive attitude. Speaking about this this material in a positive way. Look around at the people that you know, that you love, your family, your friends, and hold yourself in such a way that it brings a good positive feeling to their lives. Pull them up, help them to see the good in what's coming. I, I, you know, I have this type of dynamic with my wife who, has a lot of fear about coronavirus and people getting sick and everything. And so every day, you know, I'm kind of uh, counteracting that fear with my rationality, with my positivity, with, with 
facts and figures and studies that kind of counter that narrative. You know, the CDC released, uh, you know, that that masks are maximum like 1.3% effective. So, you know, if the CDC themselves says within the margin of error, the masks don't even work. Well, then that's something that you can tell to people who are like, oh, you're not wearing a mask. I'm so afraid I'm going to catch the disease. Well, did you know that you can't transmit the the disease from from this far away? Or if you're healthy, you can't transmit it. If you're non-symptomatic, you can't transmit it. Did you know the CDC said that it was this effectiveness? So it's not like we have to like be dogmatically opposed to each other. It's just like you have to hold your frame of of your your reality of non-fear. Yeah, absolutely. uh, And And that was something, yeah, that in general, Flynn himself said that. He's like, when you're talking to people, don't try to be right. Just ask them questions. Get them to answer questions about why they think the way they do. And you'll quickly find that, one, it's a more neutral way to discuss a topic. And two, that they really don't have those answers. And you'll leave them questioning their own knowledge and their own wisdom around the things that they're actually doing. So it's a much more powerful response mechanism to simply ask people questions than to try to tell them uh, this, that, or the other thing um, that may, you know, be uh, terribly important and very true. Like certainly it would, it's hard not to talk about the things that the CDC says because my God, it's the CDC and look what they're saying. But, um, but yeah, there's, these are all subtle behavioral psychology things, but it's, it's good to remember them when you're, when you're talking to other people and because those are stressful situations. Well, since uh, the Trump team has been so quiet uh, since the supposed loss, I've put a lot of my focus into analyzing the, the financial side of everything. And um, basically what I've come to a conclusion Uh, is that gold and silver have always been the real money. And this whole uh, American dollar reserve currency and all the other central bank currencies that are all being devalued in unison um, has been basically an experiment that's failing before our eyes. You know, the, the fiat's uh, value since 1913 has gone down by something like 90 some percent. And so we've seen the dollar lose its value against uh, the real money, gold and silver. For example, you know, a quarter, a quarter could have bought you a gallon of gas back when quarters were silver. And nowadays, a quarter that's real silver can still buy you a gallon of gas. So that just shows uh, in a really tangible example. And so the funny thing is that all these central banks that are running this whole scam on the world, they all know it's a scam. They all know that gold is real money. And guess what they keep in their reserves? (laughs) They keep real gold. And And for the last few decades, America, American Central Bank has not sold any of its gold and countries like China and Russia have been furiously uh, adding to their gold reserves. And a lot of times they're doing it secretively because they believe it's kind of like a national security intelligence issue. Um, you know, the, the Russian central bank has 20% of their entire reserves in gold. And, uh, and so 
basically I'm seeing, I'm seeing the, the end game uh, is a return to a gold-backed currency. And the fact that China has so much gold and the fact that China wants to be the dominant uh, financial kind of superpower in the world, it makes me actually theorize that perhaps China wants to be the reserve currency and have it be like a cryptocurrency backed by gold. And, uh, and that I also think that the white hats want the American dollar to continue to be the reserve currency, but they want it to be backed by gold and perhaps other uh, hard assets. And so this, in a way, it's like this race to a gold-backed currency from these two different superpowers. And so uh, that's, that really makes you shift your thinking because right now it's like they're just in, trying to inflate away this debt you know, but that results in, in, in the devaluing of the currency and a loss of faith in the currency. And then people want to sell all their dollars and go to some kind of other safe haven. But there is no safe haven currency. We don't have Swiss francs anymore that are worth more, you know, that are more stable. We don't have that anymore. So people are going to go to gold. And, and so, you know, that, that's what I want to leave our audience with is to really pay attention and do your own research and due diligence about uh, silver and gold. Um, it's a really, really interesting time uh, of massive retail demand for silver and gold, uh, where the Perth Mint in Australia is saying they don't have any silver. Uh, right. So, so the, all, all the ETFs like SLV are changing, changing their prospectus to say, hey, we might have to settle our transactions in cash instead of silver because we might not be able to get the silver. And so uh, this would be a really good time to talk to a financial advisor like, like our, our sponsor, Dr. Kirk Elliott, and just get a, get a good handle on your portfolio, diversifying, you know, getting a good idea of defensively moving forward if we have a financial crisis, you know, if you're going to be able to be in a defensive position for that and right. maybe even profit off of a crisis. So I'm just going to leave it there. I'm going to keep on doing my, my research on this topic. Uh, and, and reporting back every Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, AmericanMediaPeriscope.net. And, uh, and just check that link in the description below if you want to get that free consultation with Sovereign Advisors about physical silver and gold. Um, thank you for joining me today, Jim. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll yep. see you next Friday. Yep. You're welcome. And uh, uh, tune in next week and we'll talk more about Air Force One. Okay. I want to hear more about that. Thank you, Jim. All right. You bet. Take care.